0: Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger here with my co-host Mike Connolly. Hello. And uh my other co-host? A visitor. Well, I would
1: say much more than a visitor. We have made the executive decision to give research assistant Tara Connolly her own mic.
2: Watch out, everybody.
0: <laughs> so hello, Tara. Hi guys. Hey. She's here most of the time uh,
2: Yeah, she's usually when here when possible,
0: so. And
1: so we just thought, hey, get on mic. You and can. she
0: does a lot more research than Mike and myself. <laughs> exactly.
1: <do. laughs> she's like she spends yeah, so so we should it's uh it's only fair
0: that uh, she gets to relay the information to you, so.
2: Really excited, go. guys. Thanks.
0: And uh in addition to another another mic set up here, we uh we've also just kind of been talking about uh you know, we listen to noise Kind of a lot. All the time. Uh, Not Mm -hmm. just once a week when we do this podcast. (laughs) And so a couple days ago we decided we were going to maybe do like a recent listening because we don't really talk about new noise or some. there's some things we might not talk about on the show or that we don't have time to get to or we have planned for a later date. And uh, well, it doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it a little bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So just a nice little recent listening
1: uh, section that we're going to get each podcast started off with. Yeah. So, great. What'd Uh, what'd
0: you been listening to? A lot of CDs. A lot of CDs. I'm really just in love with the format. So, the tape deck uh, has played a couple things. Um, I listened to uh, the Cult tape on, I hope that's how you say that, on Total Black called Sex Worker. It's very good. I uh, highly recommend that one. I listened to. Uh, I bought some tapes from Contradiction Tapes, and I, I got a Hate Audition double tape that I I can't remember who recommended. Someone uh, Instagram recommended that to me, and it was very good. A uh, good listen double tape. And then uh, CDs. Wow, I got the after our Joe Colley episode or Crawl Unit episode, I grabbed the Joe Colley Waste of Songs CD, which is one that I'd never heard, and I don't it's know, know. it's great. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's just a it's just a good Joe Colley CD. What's it, sounds, it on? It's on Oral Records from uh, 2006, and uh, a really good one, but it, it's funny, I actually, I the way I bought it was sort of strange, because I was looking at Instagram, and uh, Jim Haynes, who is a, a guest we'll have on here at some point, I'm certain, uh, he had a copy of a CD he released way back when, in the, the earlier days of the Helen Scarsdale Agency, his, uh, his label, and... It was a Colacanth Mud Wall CD and it looked really nice. And he was like, Oh, I have a couple of these CDs. So I'm like, Well, I'm going to buy that CD. And also, I think I saw that you had this Joe Collie CD on sale on Discogs. So I'll buy both. There you go. <laughs> and uh, I listened to that Colacanth CD too. And it's, it's fantastic. Just really nice, sort of minimal ambient textures. You know, Jim does a lot of uh, work with really nice drones and organic textures and stuff like that. And it's, it's, a, it's a very enveloping listen. I just sat on the couch and zoned out to it. And then I got, uh, I got in the harsh zone. Oh yeah. And I listened to Viadry, which, uh, old, old school, old school, uh, what, Wisconsin, New New York. No, I met him in New York. So honestly, I'm not, I met him in New York. Yeah. Old school, New York. I guess it, the stuff came out or some of this stuff came out on, uh, uh, out of Wisconsin. Um, uh, his label California love addiction back in the day, but, uh. It was all CDRs. rs I, I uh of course Interpol Alchemy is probably the, the most accessible thing, the CD on hospital. But yeah. uh he, you know I
1: love that cover. I've always loved that cover.
0: Yeah. Viodre is on uh he's on the at the end of the rope comp I put out years ago, and there's just I listened to a few different things. Uh U U E Serve Me High, All Your Bobby Pins here from fucking on the floor, and uh a double CD he did called Virtue the Fool, which is really good and there's probably like Mine's numbered five out of 10 and five out of 78. So I can't tell <laughs> the, the five out of 10 is it says like com five slash 10. I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. Maybe you didn't. Maybe I don't know. Maybe not that many of them got made or maybe only 10 of them were for sale. On right. the webs. I think I got bought it at the hospital store, though. I'm not even sure. Hmm. And, uh, and it's all Sonic Killer. That's all really good. There's a couple more. Oh, oh, <laughs> no,
1: whoa, blah, blah. oh we're going deep.
0: Whoa. Oh, yeah. I listened to a. Uh, Jason Lescalit, John Hudak, CD Figure Two on Intransitive, our friend Howie's label, which oh, you also yeah. have a release yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was also just really nice, minimal, you know, music concrete sort of the the style. Obviously, if you know those two artists, a fantastic one, a nice just listen. And uh, and then I listened to Filth, The House of Concrete Faces, uh, which is some you know nice rhythmic, crazy PE from. Uh, rob buttrum out of uh, denton texas and just powerful stuff really good disc um and uh yeah that was that was uh that's what i kind of remember of my listening <laughs> yeah, this yeah. week it was i know it's a lot but i'm also no that's good the days a lot so <laughs> uh now there after my 10 minute blurb of uh, cool stuff I no no too. that was that was that was awesome um what do you got well obviously tara and i
1: generally spend most waking moments together so we Generally, have, we'll have the similar, if not exactly the same, recent listens. Shared listens. Um, but w- the, 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 the most exciting one we did was... Um, Sweet Music. Exactly. The Sweet Music comp on self-abuse. Oh, yeah. And at Pat's behest, um, he recommended that we listen to it while having Sweet Movie, the movie, the 1974 movie, on in the background. So that's exactly what we did. We uh we put Sweet Movie on and we put Sweet Music on.
2: How'd that up work perfectly. out? Perfectly. It was amazing. It was, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it was great. That
1: comp is incredible. Um, it is it's so varied. And it's it's just one of those very exciting noise comps where there's I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's that's not even noise. I mean, there's kind of the rhythmic flute and drum kind of stuff
2: well and i think it was also cinematic too like it, it felt it paired, cinematic it was, yeah it was marvelous and it paired with the the wide variance of scenes in the movie too yeah um so every everything just lined up magically honestly uh yeah, yeah highly recommend that the
1: the, the mersbaw track kicks it off as like really like dirty yeah. sounding yeah. and nasty Mersbau and then Skin crime tracks amazing C on it. Oh, it
0: well, this is an all star Yeah, lineup.
1: and yeah. and then a bunch of things that you've never heard of before or since that. Like maybe I think there's a couple that only have an appearance on that tape. Oh wow, which I just love that. I love it's such a great artifact and it's super unexpected. Every track sounds completely different. It's kind of a perfect comp.
0: Wow, um, I've, ne- I've never heard it.
1: You have to make me a dub. I, I you know I had I had <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 sure <laughs> we'll dub <thumb> that up. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's an incredible uh, incredible comp. And then kind of going along with self- abuse comps in uh, you know, ba- you know inspired by our, our recent episode, uh, uh, we were throwing on soundtrack for the end of the world. Classic, absolutely classic, condom, taint. The haters track is insane on it. There's actually a, a little tidbit. There is a Am Glans track that is a tribute to that track. Oh, I'll, really? I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll just say that, and then everyone else can kind of, um, you can do the digging yourselves. But, yes, there is a there is a tribute to that haters track on that album.
0: A little right? Easter egg for you. That makes Easter sense. <laughs>
1: um, and then uh, listen to hi- a lot of Hydro Kaiden, especially after the uh, Hospital Fest, but Romance in particular, which I, I love that cover.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: it's that beautiful like sunset yeah and uh king of noise is getting reissued, reissued right now too yeah so super super killer is the season yeah yeah
1: yeah so we were kind of going we were kind of going old we were, we kind of we kind of kind of going back in time uh as the gotta cover <laughs> as the we basics went, yeah yeah, yeah kind of going back in time from <laughs> exactly sweet music to soundtrack to to and and then and then honestly been listening to a lot of the artist that
0: we're about to talk about. Ooh, boy. Oh. <laughs> Cliffhanger. <laughs> finally, finally, we're going to talk about what we're talking about.
2: <laughs> Ooh, la, la. We're all going to need a nightlight.
0: Yes, absolutely going to need a nightlight.
1: Light. We are leaving the 90s, which we have been hanging out in um, for this entire series and heading back in time. And over to Italy.
0: And over to Italy. For Maurizio Bianchi and his... Album Mech.
2: <laughs> Mechpiobacterium.
0: bacterium.
1: Mechpiobacterium.
0: That's how I that always said it. it. Mectpio bacterium.
2: It's a very frustrating word. I.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so. So,
1: Tara, what did you find about I this word? I looked.
2: Okay, so bacterium, it's a German spelling for bacteria. So, I even looked on. Um, german bacterium symposiums and like all of these places where you can find like scientific names for bacteria in germany and i couldn't find anything with the prefix mecht uh so i am now convinced that it's his own unique suffix that he uses to put on words i could be totally wrong it could stand for something and i just couldn't find it but i searched in several different languages i searched on german bacterium forums can't find it but Pio is pus.
0: I think that that's very. I think that's very true. He he had yeah. his own sort of lexicon of weird terms and and mutations of normalized words that he would use, uh, and I think he also tended to um, cross languages. If he had if there was a a word he wanted to use from a different language or something, he would. T- it, w- it didn't matter if it made sense. It was just the to evoke the the vibe of the piece.
2: And he uses that particular one over and over yeah, and over again, times which he uses I love. That
0: word. Yeah. So this is this is a. Uh, I was really excited that we were talking about doing MB and I I suggested two albums, uh, both the first one I heard and this one, because this is my favorite. And calling it a favorite is a really strange thing for me because I find this record to be absolutely terrifying, miserable, somber, sad funeral music and it like. It has given me nightmares if I'll like fall asleep listening to this. Uh, but I love this record Absolutely. so much because of how
1: Yeah, I mean and, and there was reports so so we were we, we, we turn out the lights. It's actually the it's kinda late at night, it's the latest we've recorded a podcast, but we thought that was very appropriate uh to do M B that way. So we had we had the lights out and oh, there were times where we were we jumped, we were I mean it
2: just it, the three of us alone in the studio. It's <laughs> so scary. Yeah, yeah. With
1: the lights off. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he just, this thing just, it comes on and the it, the, the atmosphere just, it, it spreads like oil. You know? I mean, they just like, here you go. You're just, and you're just in. There's no... Two long tracks.
0: Two, we, two long tracks. We listened to the CD, which has uh, two bonus tracks taken from compilations from 83, so a little bit later. This was recorded in 81. And you know the the sort of the lore or story that I know of MB is that he was a night porter in a hotel in the eighties. And so he recorded this stuff while sort of, you know, he's just there in case something goes wrong or something needs cleaning up or a guest needs something. Right. So, uh, he would just sit in whatever little room he had and record these tapes. And, uh, i this was recorded at night in my yeah, brain, and I mean, it ha- it feels it alone at night and it it sounds that way and uh the the pieces also the two pieces go really well together It's using kind of the same setup or the you know the same vibe to them but uh yeah this is really crazy it was it was released on cassette in eighty one by m b which you know he did just a lot of tapes that he would shove on out into the world and then uh DYS, released it on LP in 1982. And that was the label of uh, that band Menominists out of, I want to say Colorado. And uh, they did that, uh, that Horde record. That's really great. They also did the cover for this one, I believe. And uh, such a good cover, such a cool, and such a fitting cover. Yeah. Really great. Like bacteria photo collage kind of black and white uh, grid. And, uh, and then in the late nineties, which is when I heard this record, it was reissued by uh, Alga Morgan sublabel, which is, I have got no clue how to <laughs> pronounce. It's E-E, lowercase, uppercase E-E, lowercase S, apostrophe, uppercase T. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they did a, a, two box sets and a series of MB reissue CDs, and I think that's how a lot of this stuff kind of got back into people's hands is that uh, Emil, or Emmanuel, Emmanuel Carcano from uh, Algamargan, like, tracked down MB and asked him if he could reissue all this stuff as CDs, so... This one I must have heard in the late 90s or early 2000s. Well,
1: and, and actually also as, as we uh, discussed with GX, um, you know, you know, him and, and, and did that split 12 inch dedicated to MB, you know, about a year before the CD uh, reissue came out. So part of, and part of the idea of that 12 inch was to kind of bring MB back into the, you know, into
0: the, into the world in a way. And so, you know, and it, you know, it worked. It did. And, and, uh, Wow, just just so cool. This thing, like you said, the, the first side is called Fetish Pinksha, which is just a crazy title, and I've always loved it. And this this will go down as my favorite MB track. Like, there's no, there's no question to me. I love a lot of MB records. I ha- he's the artist I own the. I probably have 50 MB records. Like, I he's the artist I own the most amount of material by in my collection, bar none, and one of the biggest inspirations for like me starting to make noise. And this, the title, the sound, the artwork, everything is there with this one.
2: I read an interview where he described his sound as psychoneurotic sound. And I thought this was absolutely perfect because it's so like internal and haunting and spooky. Um, It's like a terrifying soundtrack in your own mind. It's like being scared alone at night.
0: That's exactly this. And this. we were we were scared as a trio. Yeah, we were all night. scared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's It's just this, there's this somber melody. He's playing by hand and he's just sort of like hitting these notes. And it's, it's in its own sense of rhythm and it makes sense, but sometimes they go on uh, longer and overlap and then sometimes they change quicker. And then there's this sort of ringing delay feedback thing that screeches in and it's, it's, one of the most uncomfortable sounds, especially sometimes it,
1: it fades out. But then there's other times when it just cold cuts out. Yes. And it's just like you're, you talk about the rug getting pulled out. You're the rug is pulled out from under you. Yeah. And, and and it just has this live. feel. I mean, it feels you are in a room and he is making this as you're hearing
0: it. I mean, it has that feel to it. Yeah. And he was using synthesizers and uh, at an echo machine back then. Uh, and as we'll hear on the second track, there's of course a a drum machine. He certainly, uh, was known to throw some rhythm on tracks, but this, it it doesn't, it's one of those things where it's hard to talk about. This track is 25 minutes long, but it, it does one thing and it does it perfectly for most of its duration. Well, it does it perfectly the whole time, but it, it changes a little bit at the end, but it's very simplistic. It's very muted and a somber piece. Like the synth tone is kind of buried like it, like it feels like it's, uh, I don't know. It, it, it feels like
1: it's not the most expensive equipment. I guess you yeah, know it's what like I mean. Might, maybe you know. I'm wrong about yeah. that, but like in it feels
0: very primitive. It's funny. I think, and I don't know what he. I've read an interview where he said he bought a Korg synth. That was the thing he says. And of course, in my brain, I I think MS twenty. Just that was also my first synth, and that's like you know. Uh, a synth I'm very familiar with, and I hear some of that here, but he, you can abuse that filter in the same way where you get those kind of that ringing sound, but with the delays, and then he makes the oscillator sound. It sounds it's not it doesn't have depth. It's just this sort of dead sound. And I love it. I absolutely
1: love it. the The, the change that does kind of come is the the melody, for lack of a better term, if you will. The, the, and the second half gets somehow gets like. It has that sad, hopeful sound kind of near the end, uh, the maybe the last third of it, and and dark and lovely, yeah. And it just oh, I could just listen to that. I could have, it could have just kept going for another hour. I was, I was very, these tracks did not, they went by very fast. I mean,
0: you know, they didn't, I wasn't ever waiting for it to end. They, towards the in the in the middle of the piece, it gets a little more hopeful, and towards the end, instead of you know the notes have been uh, legato the whole time, it's been like held notes that this melody is playing, and then it turns into these more staccato like simple notes with more space between them as this nasty delay feedback thing keeps ringing in and out, and it's it's evident on this record, but on uh, Armageddon is where I think it's really true. There he the echo setting whatever he's using. I, I picture it every time I hear it. It's like looking out at the he's standing at the beach and looking out at the horizon, and his sound is just the waves lapping into infinity, and it's like they're falling off the edge of the world. Like there's, wow. they That's just nice. keep going, and it and you get a new one, and it, it's just that like a almost like shepherd tones, but just with these waves kind of just cresting out and heading out into the into <laughs> the in, ether. In, yeah, into oblivion.
1: I was actually having that same feeling listening to uh, the plain truth. Uh, oh yeah,
0: which which uh, was
1: one uh, we were listening to uh, this week gearing up for the episode and I, got, I was absolutely was thinking waves uh during that one and, and you get that you know during this too it is this spreading and you know again into oblivion into the ether it's
0: yeah when you said it spreads like oil i think that's really it's very true of this piece and it's a uh-
2: I, I was thinking it was like a song to drag a carcass to. It's it's <laughs> a funeral, it's a funeral
0: March. It yeah. really is. It's, it's really somber and really miserable and really, it's so powerful and it's so damn simplistic, but it's, yeah. it's just, it just nails it. It really filled the room. The sound yes. to me too. Like at some point early on, we, we turned it up a bit, which yeah. I, I'm really glad we did. Cause it was, it just it took over. It took over. And, uh, Gosh, fetish pinksha and pinksha. Pinksha
2: is a is actually a woman's name. Okay. Yeah, it's a uh, it's common in the Philippines, um, but but generally it's a it's a woman's name.
0: All right. cool. I, I looked up pinksha as well, and it's a uh, it also has a in in the dictionary it has a the definition of being uh, somewhat pinkish. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean but either it, way, especially in relating to politics, it said, but. Uh, hmm. I'll choose to okay, think that, that's otherwise. Sexy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and then the second track, "Sterile Reglas."
2: Sterile régles.
1: Well, there we go. <laughs> and, and and
2: and that's French, and it just means sterile rules.
1: Okay. This track, I was. I went to. I went to the night jungle in this track. I was <laughs> in the jungle at night. And maybe it had to do with the rhythm. There's Every,
0: something, and there was, I don't know, that's where I was. Though. Everything's real wet. Yeah. It's underwater. There's that, there's a, there's a, so he's got the drum machine on this and it, it doesn't do hardly anything. He slows it down a little bit at one point. The rhythm changes slightly or he drops out the occasional drum sound, but it's, it goes, look, If you did the same rhythm on a track for five minutes, it might be a little boring. Somehow you do it for 24 minutes and I'm captivated the entire time.
1: Right. Yeah, because it just it just becomes because it interacts with the other sounds that he's putting
2: out there. And somehow it had a rhythm the entire time, but didn't read in the same way that a song with a beat would read. It had a melody. It had a rhythm. But somehow they each occupied their own space.
1: Yeah. But yeah, like I said, I was I felt I felt in a nighttime jungle, uh, there were some, there were these kind of clave sounds, uh, in the drum machine that were insects to me. There were these colorful insects and there were these, uh, the, the feedback was, was night birds and, 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 and there was this fire and there's water rain coming down through the canopy. And I just, you know, I really, really, uh, love this track so much. I love the atmosphere that this track, uh, put in the room.
2: It made me look up a synonym for creepy, and uh, <laughs> there was not a better word. Just creepy. Maybe sinister is a good word, yeah, but uh, yeah. I, I really think that like creepy describes it so appropriately because there's there's so much obfuscation. Like you don't know what's going on. It's great.
0: Halfway through, I thought it sounded uh, it's it, it sounded to me a little more uh, like the first track. Like it gets into pinksha territory a bit with because that you start getting that kind of delay
2: in there the, the and the melody starts out. to play yeah. a
0: little bit more of a, of a thing. Uh, but it's, it's, it's strange because the drum machine also the it's EQ. So it's like, it's a weak machine. It's not, yeah it's not a powerful thumping drum machine. It's just this like chintzy seventies sounding rhythm box. Just super primitive. And it's doesn't have heavy bass on it. And it's whatever it's like, but it's really wet. There's a nasty reverb or delay on some of it, but it's also really dry. Cause the high is just kind of cut into you in this almost painful way and it's really cool. I think it's a around the 16 minute mark on this one. Uh it's when I was talking about the uh the horizon and the infinity waves of his sound. This one it's at the edge of the world and these this the almost these yells, these yelps start happening and it's yelling off the edge into the abyss to me. I mean we all jumped we, when that when the the, the uh, whatever
1: everybody had to take a breath. <laughs> whatever that because it comes out of nowhere and it just cuts through everything and it yeah. and and then it kind of it continues, but it continues kind of morphing and continues through throughout when it once it's introduced, it stays for a while. But it never gets less tense
0: earlier, <laughs> like yeah. less like And
2: a scream like that is so visceral. When yeah. you feel it you just like shudder like like a it's like a screaming human or a rat. I
0: don't I don't, I don't even think, think it's a scream. That's I think thing. it's I think it's a resonance on it a synth is, filter being yeah. tweaked up and b- back down immediately and I it's great. Cuz it does sound like a human but, scream but, when but does I don't syn- think it is.
2: Synthetic voice actually scare you. Like, yeah. it's so good. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's truly
1: like the the atmosphere, the abstract atmosphere that he presents. I mean, you it truly takes over, you know, when it, when it's, and especially when you're giving it a focused listen in the dark, you know,
0: you yeah, can't yeah. help but just be absolutely taken away. I believe. There's also before, before that kind of comes in, there's this sort of screeching background that's just there and God, I love it. It just, it just kept going and it would change a little bit, but it was just this, this layer of sound that wouldn't stop. And I, I really, really liked that. Uh, it also right before that stuff happens, it mellows out like the drum machine kind of strips down to just a couple drum sounds and the the melody kind of slows down or becomes less less obvious again that that, that synth ba- synth backs off in uh, in its way. And it, it's just such a cool track. It does. it This one does. Somehow more and less than than the uh, A side fetish pink show. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, it it starts more
1: active. I mean, it immediately and again, that's just because of the drum machine. Just immediately, it's just a little more active. Um, but but I agree that it's still incredibly minimal as far as like the the palette.
2: Yeah, you can pick out each layer. Like each each one is discernible from the other.
1: But also it's like, what is he doing? You know <laughs> no, what I mean? Because yeah. also it's like, he's just sitting in the dark, making this happen for us.
2: He's just recording monsters walking upstairs at night. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: it's a, uh, this piece reminded me of uh, the gray wolves judgment CD. Yeah, absolutely. Because or it's a cassette. Yeah. Right, right, right. Cassette, it, and absolutely. Because it has Grey that, wolves. has that
1: strange, minimal, tiny, uh drum machine that goes throughout and, and it, it you know, Minimal changes, but it does what you want it to do the
0: entire time, kind of. Exactly, yeah. It really it conjured that one to me, and I listened to that one maybe uh, a month ago, yeah. and I was still just as in love with. it. I recommended it to uh, one of our friends, to Jesse. I was awesome. like, you have to, you're gonna love this. It's just industrial waste with with a shitty drum machine yeah, running head. Yeah, recommend it yeah. <laughs> to everybody. Yeah, Grey Wolves Judgment,
1: Jesse, and more. <laughs> But yeah, well, I mean, I, I you know, I admittedly, uh, I, I I had never heard this uh, this MB or or at least maybe didn't know I had heard it because MB is something that I've have, I have a lot of. We have a lot of. um, It's also been something that's you know been in tour vans. Someone brings a CD, brings you know something from the box set. So and and you know, so I I actually don't I don't believe I had ever heard this, and so I am elated and excited to you know, really discover
2: this for the first time. I mean, I definitely had it. And now I'm like, well, I'm going to listen to that a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Alone (laughs) and a lot. Great. It's amazing.
1: (laughs) And so, so great. Thank you for, I'm so glad that this is uh, the one we uh, end up doing because it's opened my eyes to a uh, absolutely stunning, incredible album.
0: Yeah. Back when, when we were doing uh, a someone we'd mentioned MB in uh, some episodes and, Someone uh, someone wrote, like, oh, thank you so much for talking about MB because I'd never heard them before. And really, if you're going to seek one out, this one's, to me, this one's, like, top tier. There's a lot of MB, and especially now that he's sort of active again, there's collaborations, and there's a bunch of, like, oh, I found this tape from, like, that I made that never got released, and so here's a new tape or CD press of it. So there's, a, there's really a lot of it out there. Some of it feels very exploratory and uh, kind of, he's figuring out what to do next, you know, they're the kind of works in progress. And some of it is just like, to me, f- perfectly realized. Yeah. And I think this, this would be that, um,
2: and I felt really confident about it after, uh, GX's story about the handwriting comparison. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, <was> very- <laughs> I, I can only think of that. And, uh,
0: so that's, that's what the record was. If you got this in, uh, well, anytime before 1998, you got these two songs. Now you have a, a CD which has two bonus tracks being uh, Placenta and an untitled piece from 1983. And uh, those are those are on that uh Alga Morgan related CD reissue. And Placenta is a cool track that is sort of it's only four four minutes and 50 seconds, almost five minutes but it, it's basically three tracks in one and sitting and giving it a dedicated listen. It it felt longer in the perfect way of like everything kind of had a chance to blossom and become what it was. Cause it starts with a, a heartbeat and some sort of like fades in really slow and some sort of like scrap metal kind of moving distortion thing. And then maybe a, a tape of some like warped bells. Like I, I picture kind of walking around in. In some European city and hearing the church bells ring off the walls and taping that, uh, you know, overloaded on some crude tape. And then there's like, then this synth part comes in. It's full on Forbidden Planet, like yeah. uh, sci-fi. Yeah. Like, you know, BBC, Radiophonic. It's so weird cool. Synth kind of sample and hold, garble, outer space sound stuff. But in a completely different context, it doesn't feel like kind of cardboard robot at all no it feels it feels like it's exactly supposed to be there in this context
2: somehow he makes music sound like it's not music like this is not for you (laughs) this is not for music. yeah
1: absolutely (laughs) and then that synth part funnels into the final lowlands
0: yeah there's the this drone and this sort of cyclic static almost like playing a run-out groove on a record or something And there's almost a sort of a, it takes on a formant tone. It almost sounds like there's sort of words being said, but you can tell that it's not, but it just keeps giving the illusion of that. While that that sort of sci-fi part is garbling under under it, though, it's kind of buried by it or just creeping up a little bit now. It's a really a really cool track showcasing how you can kind of, you know, we just listened to two 25-minute tracks, and then he throws a five-minute track on here, and you're like, Oh, you you just have this range. You you made these long tracks that do nothing, and now you have a short track that does a bunch. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's
2: like a, he has a delicate touch for things that can be easily heavy handed.
0: He's a patient man. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, in, in yeah, form music. And then uh, the next piece on here is the untitled track, and it is a. Uh, I ha- I wrote down two words for it because it does it does one thing after that <laughs> smorgasbord of a of placenta. This track I just put infinity echo because it's that sound again. It's just this like waves lapping at the edge of infinity, and that's it. Does that for three and a half minutes, and it stops. Yeah.
1: Is that great buried MB tone? Those those MB waves. I mean, it's yeah, it's a it's a, it's a it is a really nice coda to end end uh, the CD. I I, I, I think those two extra tracks fit perfectly on this, even though they are from a few years after.
2: I want to hear it again with that visual in mind now. <laughs> well yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> the best for me the best one for the Infinity Waves is the Armageddon record. That one's like it it really does it. It just it, everything goes forever.
1: <laughs> That's one we have and actually did not listen to this week, so we'll have to listen to that one. Oh pop it on.
0: I mean I could talk on. about my favorite MB records for probably a When did you hours. discover MB? Uh, it would have been in the late '90s. The first CD I bought, and I—it's funny. I think I it has the it had the place I used to get some of these CDs was uh, uh record collector in Roseville on Gratiot in mm-hmm. Michigan, and uh, they would date their price tags with when the CD got put out on the floor, like a very clear date, oh three ninety nine or whatever. And so, a lot of the CDs I left those price tags on, and so I can see like you know maybe I didn't buy it the month it came out. It sat there for a couple months, but it was. It, I have a good idea of kind of when I bought something based on when it was priced and put out. Uh, all of us know this shit sits around record stores forever sometimes when it's not like a popular thing. But that one, that one's like really amazing too, because it's so rhythmic and aggressive and caustic. And, uh, and then I just went down the rabbit hole of, you know, these CDs had sort of just come out. So I went down the rabbit hole of tracking it. and really for me, like when I, he was a, MB was a huge influence in starting hive mind. So that was one of those things like, this is an artist that's been with me for over 20 years or whatever, you know, 20 years. And that has influenced and changed how I view music and how I've made my music or noise or whatever the hell you want to call it. And, uh, really like the, the two pillars of that to me were like Daniel Menchie and the te- in his textural work and Maurizio Bianchi, like, I, I kind of got into them at the same time and there was like, wow, these sounds. Menchie with no synth and just these more like organic acoustic textures and nasty noise. And MB with just like synthesizer and rhythm box and delay. And it's, there's still two things I really love is like a really good texture and really good synth sounds. And of course, delay.
1: Well, and it's actually interesting you, you just mentioning the word music because one thing that did strike me is this MB is, this is possibly the most for lack of a better term, musical thing that we've listened to this year uh, doing, you know, doing the podcast.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This um, is, this is, I think of it as, as, music, you know, he was obsessed with, uh, with technology and industrialism and stuff. So it, it's really interesting to kind of see what came out of it because he was trying to use those tools to comment on <laughs> the, like those, uh, to comment on those concepts. And I, I just think it's really cool. Tara, I think you have a quote that kind of
1: relates to what Gray said um, from MB himself.
2: So he was asked, where is the barrier between ideology and music? And he said, a barrier does not exist. There are just similarities. Nowadays, the prevailing ideology is consumism, and the music that springs is music for consumers. It lasts throughout a season, and that's all. On the other hand, there's a music which is the opposite way to consumism, able to survive time, even years after it results. Why? For the simple reason that the author or manipulator of a similar kind of music constantly tends towards a creative act in his microcosm, the artist is able to recreate a music that is out of time, dilated in it to come until the future will come. This is why his project resists in the long run.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Just kind of, again, resistance. always a weird
2: Italian translation, which I think makes it more fun. Yeah. i um, talking about projects resisting time, uh, I think that's beautiful.
1: You know, and 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 this kind of you know, he said he was also, you know, coming out of the you know, art movements and 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 arts, you know, of of the past and the, you know, I believe he, you know, discussed, you know, Dada and stuff like this and so it you know makes it makes sense that he's just kind of it's all kind of like blending, you know, in his you know, isolated he said he, studio. he
2: wanted to use electronic equipment to produce technological sounds to work for a full awareness of modern decadence.
0: Wow! <laughs> yeah. So yeah, fun. yeah. And then we were talking about sort of the '90s CD resurgence, and uh, part of his disappearance was uh, he became a Jehovah's Witness and sort of rejected the music he was making and then came back to it and the, the first thing he made back was called Calori uh which was him interpreting uh colors as music. Yeah. I uh, love that. Yeah. It's a uh, it's interesting that he he kind of disappeared for 14 years yeah. and then came back and these these records these 80s records especially, they're still so relevant And to he me. said
2: he went away too because he didn't want to be redundant and he thought he had used his palate. And then when he had something to add again, he came back.
0: I, maybe it's just me. I know it's not. It can't be just me. I like redundancy and sort of the uh, thematic and even keeping the sounds similar, using the same equipment or using the same production techniques over the long run of a project, I find that, in its way equally as interesting as someone who changes every release or can, can continues to like refine new techniques and like drop old techniques in favor of finding something new or some new sound. They're both really interesting approaches to me because getting good and using something you're very, very comfortable and familiar with is the same kind of special to me as c- continually changing and pushing yourself forward and trying to find something new. They both require the same amount of of diligence I think and of focus um in different ways. So I think it's really cool. I like, yeah, that's
2: super interesting.
0: I like when I can get a, a CD from a project that's, you know, been doing something for 20 years and maybe some things have changed but may, you know, you still get it still sounds like them. MB sounds like MB. You listen to an MB record. You you said like that yeah. classic MB tone. You hear it and you're like <laughs> it's MB. You know it, you know it the, in the first second, you know that
1: muted under earth just Atmosphere that
0: you know he we created. You know he he created this. I mean, know, this something. is 1981. This is really, truly like the dawn of industrial music and yeah. noise music. And this this is a this is a forefather, like so just, just
1: like Mursbach, just like GX. Yeah, and, and to come MVs
2: out right with there. a voice that's formed. You know, I mean, how many people have their voice, their sound palette formed so early on?
0: And again, there, there are things that he he changes or he uses or he pushes forward or he you know, it's not just like the same thing every time, obviously, but it's there, there's such a signature sound to it and production technique that it just it works for me. I know what I'm getting when I put an MB record on from this era. I know exactly what I'm getting and it's what I want. <laughs>
2: It's like when I walk home and 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 I walk in the door and I'm like, oh, what's Mike playing? If it's Mersbau, you know, it's Mersbau, If it's Masana, if it's Incapacitance, right. if it's MB, like yeah, those yeah. are just some people you can tell. Yeah, you just <laughs> you just
0: hear it and you're like, oh, I know this. Yeah, all right, I know what this is. And uh, I am certain we will listen to more MB. Uh, I still want to do the the first one I got because it left such an impression on me. Yeah,
1: uh, I, I. Oh, I definitely want to do more. I think I think it'll be great. I think it'll be really cool to talk to some people. Uh, you know, back from from back then, you know, maybe you got these when they came out. It Would be pretty cool to to uh, hear hear their take on it, you know. Then, so I'm certain we know at least uh, a couple people. I think I think we do. So that this is a great first MB episode, and
0: uh, I really can't wait to do more. Before uh, Mrazio was operating under his own name, he was doing uh, Sacher, Pels. S- Sacher Pels, Sacher Pels, Sacher Pelts. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, there was a nice four CD box set of those that also got reissued around this time. And uh, those were his like earliest sort of music concrete cut up tape turntable works. They're very crude.
1: Yeah, super crude, uh, super cool, super interesting to see the the progression. And uh, what, what does the name mean again, Tara?
2: Fur thing.
0: Fur thing, (laughs) or
2: like fur stuff,
0: yeah. Okay, (laughs) probably fur thing. (laughs) I think I might have some ideas about that. Uh, and there's uh, Urashima did uh, LP issues of those a few years ago, too. If you're trying to to track down some vinyl, but I think I think the CD box is really the way to go, absolutely. Um, they're they're crude and miserable and certainly hint at what mb would become and it's really it's really nice to sort of get to hear those earlier experiments before he got a synthesizer and when he was just using whatever he had at at hand which is a turntable and some tapes and like maybe a, a walkman or something to record you know acoustic sounds he
2: came up with the solution.
0: I like that
1: line. He came up with a solution. I like that. He just came up (laughs) with a solution.
2: I I also like that he was inspired by Tangerine Dream, which made me also like how many people were inspired by Tangerine Dream at the time? Like what? an impact! How many
1: people are still inspired by Tangerine Dream? It's wild how much
2: of an impact Tangerine Dream had.
1: Absolutely. I mean, they're one of the absolute greatest. And it makes sense. I mean, that's, you know, all the, you know, all the Japanese guys were very much influenced by, you know, by that, you know, stuff by that era of stuff. Yeah, Kraut and Psych. Yeah, I mean, Kaida and Merzbaugh, all, all of them. And, and of course, MB as well. And and it totally makes sense to me because, I mean, you know, Tangerine Dream, you know, especially something like Zeit where it's just this, like, just these side-long, just, like, again, just at pressed atmosphere.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, obviously yeah. another one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah
1: but. I mean, yeah, pressed atmosphere. And that's, that's what MB, that's what... Uh, That's what he was the master of. Pressed atmosphere. (laughs) Atmosphere pressed onto vinyl.
2: (laughs) You've been listening to Noise Extra. I'm Tara Connolly here with Gray Holger and Mike Connolly. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters, Thank you so much to Barrett Littard, Benjamin Myers, Chris Yanko, Jason Walker, Kenny Sanderson, Simon Bird, William Griscom. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com noiseextra noise extra and your support really helps. You can find us at Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noise one E in all of those, and on Twitter at noise extra. Three A's, please. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Us and to Noise.